0: Matthew 17 17 says then Jesus answered and said O faithless and perverse generation how long shall I be with you how long shall I suffer you bring him hither to me I'm going to just pray before I continue Lord as we take this time to turn to your word Lord I just pray that you would um, guide my thoughts Lord guide my tongue um Pray, Lord, that um, just what I say this morning would be an encouragement and that it would be honoring to you, Lord. I don't want my own thoughts and ideas to be presented, but but those that are directed from your word, Lord, that come from you. And so, Lord, we just ask that you would be with us through this time and that your blessing would be on it. in Christ's name. Amen just as a a reminder of what this verse, I should have some sort of notes probably, Um, what this verse falls in the middle of this short story of uh, a man who comes up to Jesus asking for his son to be healed because he had already brought the son to Jesus' disciples and they weren't able to heal him. And this is Jesus' response When that comes, is, and I can just, I'm just picturing Jesus' face and the disappointment on his face at that moment. And that's what I see in the words, is just a disappointment in the lack of faith in all of these people, and probably in particular the disciples, when he says, oh, faithless and perverse generation." How long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? And then he says, Bring him, hither. Bring, him bring him, to me and I'll... Oh. And he heals him. There's no... Like, I'm not doing this. It's not... There's no attitude about that. It's just like... He's been working for so long, teaching and guiding and giving himself to these people. And it's like, I haven't got through yet. <laughs> that faith isn't there yet. And I've got limited time with you. And that's what I want to focus on this morning is that question, and he repeats it twice, how long? How long shall I be with you? And how long shall I suffer you? How long? Jesus was, his ministry physically on the earth was only about three three years or so. It was a short period of time for a ministry, a short period of time to work with people directly, to prepare them to carry on that ministry. And I just see that urgency in his words, that the time is short. We're well into the book of Matthew now, and we're about to start making a transition towards the crucifixion towards his sacrifice, the end of his ministry. And so, at this point, he's looking and says, where's your faith? I need you to stand up and take over this ministry. I don't have that much time left. I turned to Genesis 6, verse 3 last week. I read a bit of a passage there, but just to remind you, Genesis 6 verse three says, "And the Lord said, "My spirit shall not always strive with men." There's a time limit for God working with people. And so when Jesus says, "How long?" there's an urgency of, we have limited time left here, people. We need to get this sorted out. We need to get our priorities straight and get our faith in order. And then again, I turn to Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. It says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that should all should come to repentance. And we just see in that passage the heart of God that even as Jesus says, our time is short. It's limited time. But God is so loving and patient that he wants, he wants everybody. (laughs) And he's waiting for you and me to preach to those people. He's waiting for us to finish this job so that those last souls can come to him before it's too late for them. But that's not going to go forever. Forever. God is patient, he's long-suffering, but he's not going to hold that off forever. It says he's not slack concerning his promise. He's going to keep that promise. He's not always going to strive with man. And so that question of how long is what needs to be on our minds. And as I'm looking at, I was looking at... um, some descriptions and some interpretation of some of these end times prophecies that we see and that's what I mentioned earlier you get to this reference in Isaiah but we start to look at some of these things and say how long, how much longer could we possibly have? But you know what really bothers me is that it seems like a Almost a majority of churches, a majority of Christians, don't even see that anything is going on that is pointing to an end of this world. Um, they see what's, what's going on in the world. It's, it's just a disease. It's just the response to take care of a disease. And there's nothing weird <laughs> about it. There's something not right going on in the world these days. And we see that it's it's pointing us to scripture, to looking at what Jesus describes as what's going to take place in the end of days before his second coming, before his second coming requires some fulfillment of some prophecy. And... Part of that prophecy is a seven-year period we call the Great Tribulation. And if that's coming, man, we need to start warning people. All of these things should be pointing us to start warning people. And I know some of you are, but we all need to be. We, we, can, we can point... Isn't it a wonderful thing that we can take our Bible and go to Isaiah, I think it was chapter 26 and point to a verse that describes exactly what just took place in our world. <laughs> we can take people and say, the Bible said this was gonna happen. We knew these things were gonna come. We knew it was going to look exactly like it looks today. And we can walk through the Bible and say, look, look here, it says this is gonna happen. Look here, it says you're gonna need this to be able to go to the store and buy your groceries. Right? These things are written and we see them playing out in our world. Fulfilling what the Bible said is going to happen. How long do we have? It could be today. It could be next week. It might be a while yet, but we don't know. But we need to have that attitude, that question on our mind at all times of how long do we have? And It should put an urgency in our hearts to make sure, as we look at a sister who is considering assisted suicide, that puts an urgency in us, doesn't it? When somebody is on their potential deathbed, we wanna make sure that person knows Christ. We wanna make sure that person isn't going to spend eternity in hell. But we should have that same urgency to everybody who's walking around with us today because time is short. And we don't know. And even if the world wasn't crazy and things weren't spiraling downward, you don't know if a person next to you is gonna get in their vehicle and get in a crash on the highway today. Time is short no matter how you look at it. When we look at scripture, we have all kinds of pictures and prophecies that give us some timelines. Um, we go to Daniel chapter 9. You know, I, I will, I'll, we'll turn there and read that. Daniel chapter 9, and I'll start um, toward the end in verse 24. Daniel 9 verse 24 says, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity. And to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and the prophecy and to anoint the most holy. Know therefore and understand. Remember that statement? It says know and understand. We're supposed to actually <laughs> study these things and figure this out a little bit. Know what he's talking about. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem unto the Messiah the Prince shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks. Threescore and two is is 62 and seven makes 69 weeks. And then it says the street shall be built again and the the wall even in troublous times. And after threescore and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off but not for himself. And the people of the Prince shall come that shall come, shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood. And unto the end of the war, desolations are determined. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the ablation to cease, and for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation. And that determined shall be poured upon the desolate, Now, I've seen some strange interpretations of this. Well, to me, they seem strange. (laughs) Where they say this is all fulfilled already. In 70 AD, Jerusalem was destroyed in a battle. And they say that that was this being fulfilled. The prince that shall come after shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. But there's something here that tells me that that's not done yet. The beginning of that said, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon the holy city to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision of the prophecy and to anoint the most holy. Has that been done yet? There's no way that that has been done yet because I can look around and I see the opposite of all of those things in my world today. This is not a completed prophecy. This has not been fulfilled yet. So even if in AD 70 when Jerusalem was destroyed fulfilled that one aspect and I kind of doubt that that was what it was referring to the rest of this certainly isn't and what followed that He shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. There's that 70th week yet to be fulfilled. And when that 70th week is fulfilled, what's described in verse 24 will be the description of our world, and that is not the description of our world. We have this period that we... Earlier, I'm going to find it in my notes because it's not in order. (laughs) This tribulation and this person in verse 26, three score and two weeks, the Messiah shall be cut off. Well, we know who that is. And by the way, that week is described as We understood the prophecy being a week being a week of years, not a week of days, so seven years. And that time period from the command to rebuild until Jesus was the exact time that was given in this prophecy. The Messiah shall be cut off. Here's the exact thing that happened. Christ was crucified. He was cut off but not for himself. It was for you and me. But it says, and the people of the prince that shall come, there's a prince that shall come, and it's not Christ. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. There's going to be a a deal made with Israel of peace when there is no peace. And so that person is described earlier in Daniel in chapter 7, there's a prophecy given in this vision of a little horn. And that little horn is that same man. We see him here in verse 27. In Matthew 24, and I just want to turn to Matthew 24 while I go in here. But in Matthew 24, verse 15, Jesus is speaking and he refers to the abomination of desolation. Referring back to this verse in Daniel 9. Of that same man. The abomination of desolation. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. It's described as the man of sin. And in. Revelation 19 verse 20. It describes. The end. Of the beast. And we see. In Revelation 13. That. Come and we'll take a look at that in just a moment. So if you're in Matthew 24, I'm going to read, starting in verse 3, or sorry, verse 4, and I'll read uh, this section here. It says, Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Are you ready for that? <laughs> to be hated of all nations for for Jesus' name's sake? And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. praying about these things already this morning aren't we? and because iniquity shall abound the love of many shall wax cold and he that shall endure unto the end the same shall be saved and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the worlds for a witness unto all nations and then shall the end come some things need to take place and it's not pleasant things before the end comes. In verse 15, when ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. And this, in brackets once again, says, Whoso readeth, let him understand. We need to, I remember reading this as a a very young man, and not understanding, and realizing, I need to figure this out. Because it says, who reads, you need to understand this. And I'm like, oh, well, it's talking to me because I'm sitting here reading. So it's time to start studying. And we need to study that. We need to look and find out that it's in Daniel chapter 9. That this was originally described, this abomination of desolation. And we see it being fulfilled. In various... We A couple of years ago, we were looking doing a Bible study through the book of Zechariah, which is not exactly a popular book to do a Bible study in. But man, the prophecy that is in that book is incredible. And it points, and it clarified some of these things to an extent where I had never seen them so clearly before. And we see this new temple built during the tribulation period and the things that take place there, the abominations, meaning the, the wrong <laughs> kinds of sacrifices and the things that are put in that place are an abomination to God. And he says in verse 16, then, Let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house, neither him which is in This description is, get out of town now. When you see this happen, boy, are you in trouble, right? You need to leave town. But I think up until that point, we need to stay in town and keep preaching, right? We need to keep preaching and warning people that this is coming. That this time is coming, and the time is short. When I say that (laughs) that 70th week has not yet been fulfilled, we see Jesus preaching here, and he's referring us exactly back in verse 15, to Daniel chapter 9. The passage that we're looking at. The passage that gives that 70th week outlined, and the things that will take place there. And Jesus, if we were to read through this chapter and all the things that are going to take place, you know what it ends with? That week, that 70th week, ends with the second coming of Christ. He's coming back physically, (laughs) not in some spiritual sense. We're not preparing this world in any way, shape, or form for his return. We're just trying to point as many people to him before that time comes. That's our job. And we see that in verse 14, the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. We need to keep preaching, guys. We need to reach as many as we can. I said I would turn to to Revelation 13. I think I've mentioned it a bunch of times. I don't know if I've actually turned there and read it. I saw an interesting comment regarding this. I'll mention it in just a second. I'll read... I'll you know, just start from the beginning of chapter 13. I'll read the first little bit here. It says, And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were the feet of a bear, and the mouth of the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power. I'll just pause and mention, if you study what the dragon, that is, Satan. <laughs> it's very clear um, toward the end of Revelation, that old serpent, the devil, right? is defined very clearly. The dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death. And his deadly wound was healed. And all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshipped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. That's three and a half years. That's the second half of the tribulation period. And he opened his mouth and blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with a sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and faith of the saints. And then we get into that. Mark of the beast and all these different things. But we see this beast, the Antichrist, is given... Power by the dragon, which is Satan. I'm going to turn back to Matthew chapter 4. This is kind of a, an interesting thing to me. Matthew chapter 4, verse 8. It says, again, the devil taketh him up. This is Jesus um, fasting in the wilderness and Satan tempting him. It says, again, the devil taketh him up unto an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And saith unto him, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. That's exactly what just got described in Revelation 13. Satan offered this to Jesus, and now he's, in Revelation 13, he gives that exact thing, that power, to rule over all of the nations to the Antichrist. Mm -hmm. That's going to happen, and I wouldn't be surprised if it happened very, very soon. And I guess that's the the whole point of what I'm trying to say this morning is how long, how long do we have before all of these things get fulfilled and there is no more time for your mother or for your daughter, your son, your brother. I know of numerous parents with adult children and I don't know if it seems Somehow it seems like more now than ever. These adult children are turning away from their parents, turning away from the teaching of the gospel that they grew up under. And the parents are questioning, what did I do wrong? What could I have done different? And I'm not sure that there's a a correct answer to that. I think as a parent, if you've raised your children Teaching them the gospel. Teaching them to love and honor God. You've, you've done nothing wrong. But your children are going to make their own choices. And we even read that, and you know, there's many places in scripture that describe that we will be turned against. <laughs> Our own families will turn against us, will turn us in. those days are coming and these things are happening more and more our time is short we need to be ready every day every moment (coughs) look back at your week was there a moment during this week where you can look back at that moment and say well I'm sure glad Christ didn't return at that moment we need to be ready at every moment the things coming out of our mouth the thoughts in our minds the things that we're looking at the things that we're doing should always be something that can be honoring to god should always should, or should maybe say should never be something that i would be ashamed of doing at the moment that christ returns our time is short are we ready? Let's pray. Lord, Jesus himself said to these people, how long? How long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Lord, you, you are patient. You are long-suffering with us. You have withheld your judgment on this world for a very long time, Lord, and We see things happening that fit the description of what you say is going to happen just prior to the second coming of Christ, just prior to the fulfillment of the 70th week that is in Daniel's prophecy, Lord. Lord, we look forward to your return. But Lord, help us to point others to, to you, Lord, to see the urgency, the need. Because the time is short, Lord. Lord, help us to understand. Help us to take it serious. We pray this in Christ's name.